Hello, everybody, and welcome to Pizza Cultura, where we are going to be talking about Michelin stars and why there are no Michelin starred pizzerias on the globe. Um, I continue to wonder when a year of Michelin star pizzerias are going to pop up, but um, so far, nothing. And it's really interesting because there are over 381 restaurants in Italy, if we just talk about Italy, and Campania is the second largest region, yet there are no pizzerias awarded a Michelin star. They have been awarded bibs, um, mostly in the U.S., but no Michelin stars. So we're here to talk about Michelin star pizzerias, awards again, and um, how we feel about this whole um, bypass of pizzerias, which other street foods have received Michelin stars in other countries in um, Asia, and both in Bangkok and in Singapore. So pizza is a perfect street food. Why not? So Tom, I'm going to start off with you and see what you think about this whole quandary of Michelin stars and no pizzerias. I, I think it is an absolute travesty. No, I mean, on, honestly, I, I don't... It really, is. Yeah, no, no. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that just to be a sarcastic git. But um, yeah, I, I, I can't profess to really understand the, you know, the kind of judging methodology or what goes into it. And I, I also, I'm not... A bib is like a consolation-y prize or how does that So work? bib... So basically, basically, there are multiple tiers. Uh, Bibs Gourmand just recently started, I think, in like 2016. Um, and so Bib Gourmand is supposed to be the family-friendly, lower-price places. So okay. you'll see burger joints in there. You'll see some pizza joints in there. Um, you'll see things that they consider more not kind of casual, casual restaurant. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't really, okay, okay, taking a step back, I guess, you know, traditionally pizza has been considered casually fast, e, dare I say, junk food, um, which maybe positions it as something that isn't immediately suitable for Michelin star, but, but then, you know, you've had fast, casual restaurants like Tim Ho Wan in Hong Kong. That's definitely not fancy schmancy, but it has had a Michelin star, rightly so. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I don't, I, I don't know why. It seems, it seems a bit unfair, especially in light of the recent kind of leveling up that pizza has gone through over the, the past few decades. Peter, what do you think? What are your, what's your standing on Michelin, Bib, and uh, rankings for pizzerias? Um. I really haven't thought about it too much before we discuss this topic. So I can't honestly say that it, it, it's a, uh, a, a God shaped hole in my heart that I'm trying to fill with something. Um, but um, it is sort of an interesting thing to think about. Like, I mean, to me, it's just sort of reflects the historical lack of status that pizza and pizzerias mm -hmm. have held throughout the years. Um, Evelyn Sloman gave me a term that I hadn't heard before, but she picked it up when she was talking to the old timers, and that was that they would consider pizza to be considered to be pig food. 
which is, mm-hmm. you know, really an old world, you know, really sticking it mm. right in the um, the gut as to the status of foods. And of course, there's this whole Northern Italian and Southern Italian thing so too when, that plays P- into Peter, it. Just- just to interject, when you say they considered it pig food, who, who is this, the they and what is the context? This is Evelyn Sloman researching her book probably in the late 70s, early 80s in New okay. York City to Italian-American communities. And she was involved in the food world big time at that time. So she would have been dealing with sort of the intersection with French cuisine, Italian cuisine, and that sort of world. Uh, okay. Um, so okay. she picked up that term. And I, um, yeah, I, I don't know who actually said the term, but it would But But I mean, like, a, a, ostensibly, it's that kind of French chef brigade crew who would have been looking down their noses at pizza is kind of what she's saying. I don't know that, but that would be at the top yeah. of my suspect, okay. the list who I would have been thinking would probably have said that. So, yeah. Um, and also on that bib, I looked it up real quick. And I think it started in 1997. So that is, you know, a separate, as I understand it, a separate category that they have that is more catered to the value conscious. I think it's got a price sort of ceiling on it. So that does take some of the um, uh, sting out of the lack of stars that you can get, get, get a bib to. So, um, I don't know. To, to me, it's just sort of it's just sort of historically reflects the where we've been in the past, and they've not quite caught up yet with the way people think probably today. I mean, Stephanie, who, oh, I was going to say, Stephanie, if, if you had one place, or maybe this is putting you in the spot, um, there's no. a particular place in 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 Campania that is immediately what comes to mind when I think of a pizza place that is probably deserving of a Michelin star. Um, not to say that others aren't, but that screams, you know, white tablecloth, high-end pizza. So I... Chimelier, I a wine exa- program, exactly. all of the things exactly. that Michelin is supposed to check off when they're visiting. And, hmm. you know, Pepe and Granny, that has been, since we started working on pizza, we are continuously surprised every year that with even with the amount of press he's received, of the accolades that he's received from other countries as well as his own country, Italy, um, that he still doesn't warrant a Michelin star. And you know, he's got not that you know, not that he needs it, but mm. I think that it's an accolade that he well deserves because Exactly. Yeah, it's not it's not about you know, need. It's the no, recognition it's, that he's earned. Right. And it is, you know, it is 100% attached to the restaurant, not to the chef um, for all of these. So if the chef leaves, they don't take the Michelin star with them, the, the, the restaurant earns it. Um, so I think it's not only Franco Pepe, but his team, uh, you know, all of the people that have been involved in elevating that experience, uh, I think deserve a Michelin star. Uh, I think that, you know, a lot of a lot of places it helps bring more people in. It gives you a standard to maintain, which I think is also very interesting because, you know, Michelin, there are a lot of restaurants that earn a star and then have a star taken away because um, again, it's the restaurant, not the chef. So they, the people that are there have to keep it to the level of um, what Michelin is looking at. But yeah, I think it's interesting that, 
from an Italian standpoint, even the what I'm interested too is why isn't this such a, a deal for the Italian community too? Um, you know, why aren't they saying, why don't we have a pizzeria as a Michelin star restaurant? Um, Tom. Can, can, can I kind of play the, the, the useful idiot for a second? Um, mm -hmm. How, what's the process for getting a Michelin star? Does one have to volunteer? Like, does one have to fill out a form and apply or are you nominated no. or is it just word of mouth? It's, uh, you know, it's, it's, um, diners coming in, there's a, a team of surveyors every year that go in individually, uh, to look at the restaurant. They're not supposed to really take on the atmospheric, um, piece of the restaurant, but all of the other things that they're supposed to check boxes and review, especially the food, um, that so, obviously so is, is number it, one. So it's incumbent upon the actual Michelin people to to go and see if kick the tires, kind of to see if exactly. these places deserve it. Okay. So it's a it's a consortium basically of food groups throughout the country where they're they're involved in Michelin star rating. Uh, so they go and then they're supposed to go numerous times throughout the year. So let's say Peter was part of the Michelin team, he would go to um, Pepe and Grane do a review, come back, report into the consortium, and then other people would go and review it as well. And that is how the how the new places are uh, graded and brought on board. And then it's also the standing of the existing places that they will continue to go to every year to make sure that they're still uh, up to snuff. Um, and that's what the rules and guidelines say. Now, whether or not that's what they're doing, um, is another thing, but but that is exactly what they are supposed to do. Uh, so every year they bring on new. I think this year there were 38 new places added just in Italy, and again, not a pizzeria in sight. Um, so you know, and, it's and the, it's interesting. The... And 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 to mention too, in the Michelin Guide for pizzeria, it does not include Pepe and Grande, which I think is even more shocking. That. Um, it's not even listed. The the listings, which I tend to think are probably paid listings because you have Sorbillo in there, you have Da Michele in there, um, then you have Nutitia into Coach's Place, um, Concertina, Tresante Concertina, um, you have uh, uh, Diatilio. Um, I think there was only one listed in the Naples area that I hadn't been, or and and Italy and Veneto, uh, the rest were all in Campania, but none of them even have a bib, which I think is also interesting that they aren't even ordered, awarded, you know, for the low end. Um, the third, the third tier, which is relatively new, is the organics, which is the green um, star. Yeah, green star. So, um, but there isn't a, the pizza. None of the pizzerias are qualified in that that I read. So I mean, yeah, when it's, it's when just it... interesting. When it comes to Pepe and Grande in particular, it is is there something political going on behind the scenes or is it just, you know, who knows? I don't know, because it's interesting when I looked at the Japan listings as well, um, the, the ones that are the most famous in Tokyo, like Saren Khan um, and they're not listed either. 
So hmm. the ones that are in listed in Japan, I also question as, um, you know, not, I wouldn't say at the top of the game, um, but, you know, some of them are in hotels, so they're easily more accessible. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's questionable even from the Japan side too, not just Italy, um, knowing the places that they have listed. And those oh. have received bibs. Nine of them have received bibs. Oh, okay. And then I there's mean, I was, 18 I was, in the US. I, I was going to ask kind of as a joke whether it's a kind of remnant of the old French, you know, Franco-Italian self, you know, mutual hatred. But um, seemingly not if they're Michelin starring restaurants and it's just pizza places that are that are getting yeah, the cold, I sh mean, cold shoulder. That that I think is the interesting piece. That's why I compare with Japan, because basically Italy is, you know, France, Italy and Japan are the top three. And they have been in the Michelin Guide for years. I, I, I can't think of when they haven't been, at least when I've been doing my research for the last five years. So um, it's interesting that for some reason, a pizzeria can't cut it yet. Um, and but it's exclusively everywhere like it's not just in italy it's it's a pizzeria in in all locations outside of you know in the world hmm. i mean so, one thing that i wanted to ask and i'm a little in doubt even in reading the material over does it have to have an actual three course meal set or is that just the price that they're comparing it to i wasn't exactly sure about that no because you have food stalls that have hmm. um Michelin stars. There's the one that recently lost their star for um, not continuing on the quality. Uh, but, um, you know, you have a amazing woman in Bangkok making one dish, which is a crab omelet on a hot pot, basically, because I've watched her make it. Um, and so she doesn't have anything else but serving utensils to hand off to the person that's buying the crab omelet in Bangkok. So it's very, very How many small. stars did she get? She has one star and it's been consistent. Oh. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and she's 77 years old, which I think is amazing. Um, so, you know, they do go outside of a, what I would consider a, a, a three-star Michelin parameter, which is the quality of being surrounded by, you know, what you would expect for a higher level dining experience. Um, and that's the kind of the three stars. Uh, but one star, I feel like if I was on this board and I was touring and I've gone to Pepe and Grani multiple times, every time I would say, why are they not awarded a Michelin star? I mean, it, it, it does speak to the, the kind of uh, persistent, like general disdain that a lot of that high-end oat cuisine crew have for pizza like it, it, it does seem that even though the rest of the world has cottoned on to the fact that you know pizza can be as varied as any other cuisine you know from the downright awful to the mind-blowingly spectacular i mean there, there was i don't know if you guys saw this but there was a recent kind of uh, guffaw in london about or in the uk about some michelin starred chef uh, marcus waring waring i don't mm -hmm. know how to pronounce his name um, when when he was asked what he thinks the best pizza in the UK was, he said Pizza Express. And for those who are lucky enough not to have ever eaten that, Pizza Express is kind of the Olive Garden of pizza. Um, yeah. It's not it's not 
inedibly bad, bad but it's no. yeah it's not you know like growing up in the 90s that was oh you know we're going for pizza express it's fancy but it's not compared to what there are on offer now in london it's it's bottom of the barrel so i yeah i wonder if it's just that they you know that it's there's you know latent snobbery and that's i definitely feel like there's an educational barrier where um i mean for example, Franco Pepe, I've gone to the cheesemakers that are within a, a very small circumference of his restaurant. I've been to um, the pork places with the black, the Caserta black pig. I've gone to the um, vegetables, you know, the farms that are very close by. So he's, you know, he's curating a menu of things that are local ingredients that are top quality. Um, and so it's, it's, it's interesting because it can't be ingredient based like a chef. He prepares things, um, very much table side, you know, everything is done and checked and spot checked before it comes out of the kitchen, just like you would see at a, a Michelin star restaurant in Italy. Um, so it's, I think that's, that's the very unique thing is maybe it's, um, I don't know. One of the questions I have is, it, is it something that, you know, the Italian diversity, they just can't find a way to push pizza ahead where it's um, saying that, like, can they say one place deserves a star? Is that is that something that the Italian populace uh, voting, let's say, would be able to do? Because I've seen it before in these other contests where they, you know, pick two for the number one and then you're like well okay that's that's a tie again um like 50 top so i don't know it's it's an interesting dichotomy i think when you look at food in, in general and what what I mean, is I, better I, than others i i wonder if geopolitics or you know national politics does play into it because obviously the it's much you know, it's much less acute and, and much, you know, less serious these days, but there is still a big north-south divide in Italy. Mm -hmm. And I wonder whether that would somehow be perceived as an issue of contention that would pit, you know, Milan against Naples, you know, uh, who knows? Um, but yeah, but then it I does, find it, it, it's, it's interesting though, because if you look at the guide, most of the places that they are recommending are in Campania. They only have hmm. one place, Itili in Veneto, that's actually listed on their site under Pizzeria. Um, so it's, it's kind of this weird mix of, you know, why, why? I, I, I want to understand yeah. the why. Yeah, I, I mean, I think we... no, go, go ahead, just for me, I, I think the why is the most intriguing part of it. Like, what is the subtext to this whole thing? Because I wonder, and just to, like, what does, what's the importance if they don't do it? Like, so what did we really lose? I mean, 20 or 30 years ago, you could make an argument, I think strongly, that there's an informational content to the stars that, that they give, that that actually helps. But with the proliferation of reviews and videos and all that's online, I really wouldn't be motivated to go to Michelin to find out, you know, who's got a star. And that really wouldn't change my view pro or con to a specific pizzeria. Um, so I, I wonder, does it really matter one? And then two, if it does matter to the degree it does, isn't that a market opportunity for someone to come in and do their own pizza service that they're not doing apparently? Thoughts? I know 
Uh, I know when we when, so when we were in Italy the second time around, we did ask quite a few pizzolos what their thoughts were on Michelin and why there was no Michelin pizzeria. And they also, and some of the top pizza makers, they were also like, we don't understand why there isn't a pizzeria in this category. Is, um, is there any dialogue back and forth between them? Like, has anyone said, oh, you guys, you know, what, what the hell is going on? Why? Not that I'm aware of. Um, and I think that's the interesting piece is like, you know, is it the education factor of some of the pizzolos that are in Campania that are old school that I would say that they're not willing to um, go that extra step to push further, even though they were right on board with the UNESCO uh, World Heritage thing? But that, you know, maybe that's a different animal that they felt more comfortable pushing. I mean, to, to, to Peter's point, like, you know, that there obviously, there isn't a shortage, you know, and we, we've spoken about this in the past, but there isn't a shortage of pizza lists, pizza rankings, pizza recommendations, pizza awards. Mm. Um, so I, I, I don't think this is the case, but I wonder whether Michelin just think, well, you know, we'd be completely superfluous to requirements because there are so many other rankings for these things. But then still, but then there's, burgers there's the fact... Yeah, and there's still the fact that, well, regardless of the you know plethora of lists out there, there's still the fact that these places deserve the recognition, mm -hmm. and it is the kind of gold standard of awards for food. So, yeah, I don't know. I think they're going the way of the Oscars and the Emmys that people aren't going <laughs> to care at all in yeah. a few years. Like they're just going to say, "Oh, really? That, that's great." As long as the red carpet time when you can see all the outfits is still happening, I'm okay with it. I don't need to watch any of the actual work right. programs. I just want to see like what the people speeches? are wearing. Oh, no, well, I, yeah, I like the speeches. I, I, I like to see, see people speeches. be yeah, as uncomfortable as possible. Um, yeah, I replay them the next day just over and over again. My favorites. Oh, no, the only one that I cared about was Ricky Gervais's Gervais. speech. Gervais. That was the only one that I cared about. That was perfect. So. Yeah, he 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 knocked that out of the park. Um, but no, I mean, just, just to like, I, I I'm curious whether either of you two would um, base your choice of pizza place, like if you're going to New York City, if 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 there wasn't, if there were Michelin pizzerias, would that be something you'd look to, or would it be more, you know, word of mouth, social media, that you know, the the, the kind of eye test, like you know, you scroll through Instagram, see a pizza, ah, okay, that that looks like the kind of thing I want to eat. Because I can't imagine usually relying on Michelin to pick a pizza place, even if they did rank. I mean, to me, and this is perhaps unfair, but the immediate reaction when I hear a star is, I think, white t t tablecloth. And that's pro probably wrong to yeah. say, but that's what their brand is, so, sort of. Mm. And so I would sort of, I wouldn't say I would shy away from it, but it would be maybe a slight negative, actually. Um, but I would talk to my friends first and see if they've been to the city and, uh, I trust them. So, um, I don't think I trust the reviewers to, I mean, I would consider it, but it's not huge to me at all. It really isn't. I, I forgot to look at the circulation for Michelin guides, but it's, it's pretty extensive. Like as far as the guides in, uh, the Italian guide is in Italian. So it's mostly for your 
consumption for other Italians. There are some guides that are translated into um, English or other languages. But, you know, when we were pulling together data points for modernist pizza, it was something that we looked at. Um, and because we were looking at how many places were listed in multiple places, um, that was a really interesting point to see, like, who made the Michelin Guide and then who made the Gambero Rosso Guide and then who was in the U.S. list. And, you know, we were looking at it more from a lot of data points come, and then boiling down what we thought was an expectation range. Um, but we did go to quite a few of the Michelin star restaurants while we were there, too, to, to see the difference of quality and um, wait staff, wine menus, you know, just the things that you could see. And, and a lot of them didn't have any difference to what we experienced at Franco Pepe or a few others where they also have curated drink or wine lists and, you know, are very nice interiors and, you know, all of that. So, yeah, I, I just not find it really interesting personally that, that, that it hasn't been awarded. And yes, like things going to the Oscars and the Emmys, um, you know, I, I, they are behind the times, I would say, in diversity, too. There are very few women. Uh, Dominique Crin is pretty much the one that they continue to award a, a three-star Michelin. And um, she's one of the very few. I think, I can't remember the last count, but I'll have to look it up. But there are very few women as well in the Michelin Guide. So um, I, I think they've, they're behind the times in many things. But hmm. why they decide not to handle pizza as a category, I think is really interesting since it's the largest global food yeah. um, that, you know, it's, it's an, it's an interesting thing. We should start a petition. I, that's why I'm having this conversation because I really, ah, you're getting you know, the ball rolling. Okay. It is one of those things that I just continue to think about every year when they put the uh, Michelin guides out, I check rankings for women and then, uh, and, diverse countries like there's only one i think michelin star chef in mexico now also like there's amazing food in mexico amazing restaurants that should be awarded and that should have the rankings that they deserve um, apparently so australia just... australia doesn't have any or does it mm, that might be a joke i don't know i'm it just googling did, but i don't, I don't oh, know I didn't okay. do a whole dive. I was really just focusing or my time on Italy and pizza for this call. But yeah, I, th I think there's a lot of change that needs to happen, Peter. And, you know, hopefully it'll go in the right direction. Hopefully. Yeah. Just it's like everything else. It can go up or down. Mm -hmm. It could. 50-50. And they, they could also see their sales of guides go um, further and further down too. So, you know, I think that that's the the piece of the puzzle that they need to maintain is who are their consumers. And if their consumers yeah. are changing, then they need to move with, with the, the times. times. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, well, we are almost at a wrap time. So um, thank you so much, Peter and Tom. We've had a great time chatting about Michelin star and Tom is going to be our featured speaker Topic next picker. week. Topic yeah. picker. Um, and so I'm going to which, turn which has, the baton over not, to Tom. Yeah, which has not yet been picked. Um, we might just revisit an old favorite and chat about whether um, sauce on top is better than cheese on top. But uh, 
kind of joking, although not necessarily. Uh, yeah, so uh, I saw the eye roll, Peter. Well, we, it's yeah, we, we won. It's definitely it's, it's definitely a to- it's got legs. Um, that that mm-hmm. topic can can go on and on and on. Um, but there yeah, there is no, an we'll, answer. I'm saying there is a definitive answer that is correct. Okay, Peter's throwing down the, the challenge. Wow. There. Think, uh, yeah, that might be signed and sealed. Um, I don't think right, we guys. can stop now. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think it has to be done. It has to be done. Um, okay, guys, that uh, that just about does it. Um, if you've enjoyed the show, uh, give us a thumbs up and subscribe. Uh, the show is also available wherever you get your podcasts, and you can find us on TikTok and Instagram under the handle I Need Pizza Club. Uh, okay, cool. Thanks, guys. Have a good weekend. Nice chatting to you. Ciao. Ciao.